0: Guess who's back? Back, back again, again. There we go. Back, feel back, like we should be saying welcome. To friend, friend,
1: friend. Welcome back, to the back, Talk to Me friend. podcast. We're back.
0: Way back. we back.
1: We're back. I love it, man. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but no, it's been for a good reason, right? It's been. <laughs> we have stuff yeah. to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> got got stuff to do. Man, here's the thing for people that are just listening to us now firstly before we start anything we are recording on a brand new software called anchor mainly because we're cheap and it's free
1: and because it's good it's easy
0: it's true it is good but the problem now t that i'm thinking about is because i'm not seeing your face i don't know when you want to start talking and i should shut up and vice versa Ah, ah, and so i apologize if this is rough for everyone um
1: well, we can turn the Skype on.
0: We, we might have to next time, but I yeah, sure as I heck can't go through to. all that work now.
1: Oh, uh, yes. You know, pressing call. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: But you're certainly sitting in front of your computer right now. No,
0: believe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, oh, okay. I'm relaxing uh, in my room.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, you know, talk to me with Team Manabee's back. I got busy with uh, studying for my CFA exam. Good news, everybody. I passed. I'm done that part of my life. No more CFA exam. Maddie got busy studying for his CPA. He's still studying
0: though. (laughs) It never ends people. It never ends.
1: (laughs) So he's still working on that. You know, these, these three letter words, that are three letter (laughs) letter
0: acronyms. Assume
1: our lives.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. Oh goodness. Anyways. Um, now that we're back, we just want to let everybody know, all our dedicated fans who are still here, we're gonna take a little bit of a new direction. Isn't that right, Maddie? We we still want to talk um pop culture and, and all that other stuff that we're just interested in, the stuff we love. But we also want to focus on that in terms of money and business and finance and why that matters. Exactly. Right. Yeah,
0: and I mean. Our big thing with it, too, is to make finance fun, to get you guys excited about your financial futures. But we also want to look at some of the trends happening in society, Uh, some of that stuff that's just happening that we go, what are they thinking? But also, you know, at the same time, we want to look at some of these rich dudes who are going, what are they thinking so I can think like them?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can think like a rich dude, maybe you can be a rich dude.
0: That's exactly (laughs) it. And trust me, for those that are faithful listeners, my mover reviews are still coming, and I think I'm gonna try and find some finance movies like The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Okay. And Wall Street with Michael Douglas for all those that are eighties fans.
1: Oh, you mean Wall and... Street with Shana Buff? <laughs> you stop it. <laughs> um Our Transformer fame. That's a good film
0: transformer oh, <laughs> thing. I'm trying to think of other cool finance
1: uh, well, trading the big places. The big with the popular one, you know, that's,
0: yeah, the Big Short. That's, that's nice. the one that
1: explained what happened in 2008. Trading Places is good with Eddie Murphy. That's another 80s. Yeah, maybe it was like a thing in the 80s about finance that people were all about it. I guess I don't know.
0: I don't uh, think finance movies are very cool. You know, there's some bankers in some like drug movies, like Blow and Scarface.
1: And I mean, you know, guys, economics, finance doesn't have to be a complicated thing. The Shawshank Redemption, we could see that uh, <laughs> um, yes. Morgan Freeman was his character and was able to acquire things from time to time. And, and his determination of pricing is all supply and demand within the prison system and how that works and the value of goods and services, right?
0: <laughs> and you see a nice fraudulent scheme run by Andy Dufresne in that movie as well. In the way exactly. he ends up getting all the money and getting away with it. And in a perfect world, I think that's what a lot of those criminals want.
1: It's true. I mean, you want to be able to plan the perfect crime and then get away with it. That's the key, exactly. right?
0: Especially when you get rich.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> so my first
1: thought was that it's like every rap song ever, right? Get rich or die trying was 50 cents, like 2000s motto. <laughs>
0: That was, they had a movie named after it Ooh, could we justify that one as being a, a finance movie
1: probably fitty, fitty the the <laughs> uh, at any rate you know we're all about taking finance from wall street to the main street we just want to make these things interesting I'm a chartered no I shouldn't say I'm a chartered financial analyst I am working towards earning that charter I'm almost there he's working towards becoming a CPA Chartered professional accountant. Yep. And, and uh, we are both working in, in, in the finance field in addition to our studies. And so we hope we can sort of make these things accessible and interesting and, and give you some good conversation to take to your next dinner party. Right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. You want to be able to flex that finance muscle, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyways. Um, so the topic for this week, Maddie, I thought, you know, since we're coming back full steam, full bore, we're getting into what we're talking, finance and, and money and business, is, you know, finance and finance people, and I can say finance guys, generally have a really bad rap. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of observed, obviously and not that long ago when, um, you know, some big banks down in the States and I think Iceland, really caused some problems for the entire world. Um, but the the fact of the matter is finance is important and finance and financiers, they are not the bad guys. Money is not bad. Do you know what I mean? I really feel like we've gotten this big push of like, wow, oh, it's just everybody, it's all about the money and money says this and money says that and money's bad. But it, I honestly think it's it's kind of worse rap than it, than it should have.
0: Dude, money is literally what runs the world. Mm-hmm. But here, folks, here's a great transition. Please, Eric, tell me more. <laughs>
1: well, what I think is that, you know, you know, you and I, we grew up in North America, a generally capitalistic system. Money makes the rules. And that is a good thing. I know I sound like, like Gordon Gekko from Wall Street right now. <laughs> But I I honestly am telling you that is a good thing. And anybody who says they are not happy about it, I say generally they're just not happy because, you know what, people aren't on their side with their dollars. Do you know what I mean? They're not winning their particular battle, and that's why they're not happy about it. Um, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is basically in, in any society, we have to determine what's important, what we value. What's, what, what's significant to that society, right? And, and we have systems in the world that exist where the government decides what's important. They say, these are the rules, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, theocracy, um, dictatorships, what have you. Here in North America, the people decide, obviously through their votes, but through their wallets. And that is a better system, I think. They don't always make the right decision, but it was their decision and that is valuable. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's really what dictates kind of how our society runs. You're right. You're right. It's It's very much how do you – what do you value in life is very much dictated by what your bank account transactions look like. And I think people – I mean, personally, I think people who get upset with the concept of like money running society and stuff, or just people who don't have money in their pockets.
1: <laughs> you know? But, but, those stupid poor people, hey?
0: Stupid <laughs> poor people. <laughs> think about our entire audience. Just kidding. I'm not saying you're all poor. But, but I am saying that, you know, let's be honest. Not everyone has disposable income just to throw whatever they want. But I think the reality is that financial... You know, analysts and, and stockbrokers and accountants and, you know, people that run the financial district, you know, yeah, they get a bad rap. Yeah, nobody likes them. Everyone thinks they're boring, which I can kind of attest to. But at the same time, I feel like I'm pretty cool. And yeah. uh
1: Gushy frat guys, which might be true. Who knows?
0: <laughs> it's one or the other. Let's be honest, right? But I just... I think what we're here to do is to to give people some insight on the world of finance. We want you guys to be well educated. We want you to be able to like we said, you know, flex that financial muscle at your next dinner party or you know that next casual conversation when you're telling people to invest in invest in bonds, not, you know, I don't know, treasury bills. I, you know, these are very few terms that I know by the way. I'm just flexing my muscle right now. Yeah. gonna smack me down here in a minute <laughs> but, but uh Thank you, Dr.
1: well i think it's important to like if we flesh this out a little bit there's a lot of people who may be frustrated right now saying well no there's so many issues that and so many people that get trampled on whose feelings get get hurt whose feelings are disregarded because they don't have the political will or the money And and that may be true and i'm not saying that's a good thing what I'm saying is that when society does recognize that, it can make a difference, and it's because the people wanted to, right? And so, for example, what I would say is, um, you know, the hashtag Me Too movement. Um, very important. Like I was saying, hashtag Me Too movement. The reason it's got so much teeth, the reason the reason it's got so much power and so much um, effectiveness, is because we're affecting not weird, you know, the Me Too movement, maybe it is a weird thing, but it's affecting pocketbooks, it's affecting real dollars, it's affecting real um, pocketbooks. So Kevin Spacey, for example, bad dude, has been sexually assaulting a number of people over the years, is based on their accusation. He had a movie, it was called The Billionaire's Boy, The Billionaire Boys Club, I believe is what it was called. Yeah. Um, and he was on the Netflix TV show House of Cards which he got fired from. So that's hurting his pocketbook. The Billionaire Boys Club didn't get a wide release and it sold maybe a few thousand dollars, maybe a thousand dollars. No, no. Do you know how much it
0: made on opening night? How much? Get this, ladies and gentlemen, $126. You can look that up. That's a real number.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's
0: about 10 people went and saw that movie on opening night. That's about what that equals out to being.
1: And that's exactly it. You know, that's what the Me Too movement was out to do to say, hey, this is important. And society was like, yeah, that guy's a dick and we're not going to go see his movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing, right? You know, um, I don't know. Another example of this and another good example of this is, is this uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, Nike campaign. It's kind of controversial. I mean, we're here in Canada, so I don't think we really grasp how controversial it is. Um, but for those who aren 't familiar, Colin Kaepernick is a well I guess you could call him a quarterback that 's his position, but he hasn 't played in what two years
0: uh yeah, two thousand and sixteen is roughly when he's, he stopped
1: yeah he 's a quarterback in the n f l and and his he he was known for kneeling during the national anthem before a football game, and his kneeling was um in his own description i 'm sure in in sort of protest, not sort of in protest of systematic racism in the United States. Um, but, you know, many saw that kneeling during the national anthem as, a dis- as disrespectful to the country, to the flag and to the troops. Um, and so it's it's very, you know, widely regarded as, it, it's certainly controversial his kneeling during the, this national anthem. At any rate, Nike chose to make him part of their campaign. And um, what was the tagline? Do don't be afraid Bel- to do the right thing even believe when believe in something
0: no, no no, believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything
1: right, right now, you know I'm all for um ending racism and prejudice and and Nike apparently is is for that as well, but if we look at the numbers and I think we did the other day with uh one of our buddies, Nike's online sales as of a week after that campaign came out were up what. 18, 19%. It was
0: up 31% after one
1: week. 31%. Right. And that's, that's important, you know, is that, um, regardless of what you feel about it, there's a lot of people who burned their Nikes and I'm sorry if this is not coming across the way that you think it should, but if you (laughs) burn your
0: Nikes, that's just a stupid choice. Give them to someone uh, who needs shoes. Goodness.
1: I mean, you know, equally valid protest, I suppose. I don't know. Seems dumb to burn money you've already spent.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, here's the thing. We're not saying that Nike doesn't believe in what Colin Kaepernick's saying. I, I think that they probably do. The fact is, though, they, they're they also business, and they're not stupid. Exactly. They're still trying to make money at exactly. the end of the day. So exactly. they knew the controversy sells.
1: And the reason they chose to go behind Colin Kaepernick is because they believed at the end of the day um it would be beneficial to the bottom line. And it has been, in fact, if you go back to Nike's history, you know, Nike has also infamously been accused of, and then rightfully so, um, you know, contracting shoe manufacturers in in Asia that don't have great records of treating their employees well. Right. And it was pressure in the, in the nineties and two thousands that made them develop, either better relationships or closer relationship with the shoe, the shoe manufacturers to get better standards and better conditions for working. And it was, again, financial pressure, right?
0: Yes.
1: It, it's an effective tool. It's, it's honestly the best tool to, to make people, um, not make people, but to, to get social change done. Even Absolutely. Social issues do better, right?
0: And at the end of the day, especially when it comes to business, you have to understand... Nike doesn't build their shoes in these factories because they hate people and want to, you know, put them in the ground. It's because it's where it makes the most money. And it's why your shoes cost what they cost. And you go, Matt, my Nikes just cost me $150. You're darn right. But if they were made on American or Canadian soil, they cost double that at least. So at least just you have to recognize that side of capitalism as well is that yes, we all want these products that are made domestically, but guess what? That's not practical. You would nope. not be able to afford it. And, you know, you look at your shirts that you buy for $10, $15, and you feel good, and you have a full closet full of clothes. Guess what? That's because it's made in some third-world country where some person's trying to feed their family off of a 12-hour day in some shop, sewing together your shirts, your pants, your socks, whatever it might be. And that company is trying to make the best bottom dollar for their sh- shareholders, which could be you, if you decide to invest in stocks.
1: Exactly. And, and quick sidebar, actually, you know, I have, um, I was talking with a clothing retailer uh, here and they were saying they tried to sell a Montreal manufactured suit. It's a, you know, they, they sell formal clothing. Um, You know, the fabric's made in Montreal. The suit's designed and and cut and sewn in Montreal. I say the fact of the matter is Canadians, you know, you show them the the pattern, the fabric, and whatever. There's a suit that feels, looks, and, and pretty much is very similar. for $200 less. That was manufactured overseas. So it's really tough to convince anyone, their Canadian customers, to pay $200 extra for essentially the same suit. And on top of that, he said, the fact is we... We haven't manufactured clothing in North, in North America, or at least in Canada, for so long that the quality is actually better from overseas.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. you got to think. Guess we where cotton is mass manufactured? China. Uh, we not
1: know what we were doing. It was a crappier suit for more money because we didn't have- <laughs> used to do it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not used to doing it. If you want yourself a real nice cut of timber, let me tell you, I can tell you a billion different places in Canada get it. Not a billion, but you know what I mean. Yep. You want a nice suit? Go overseas. Go to Asia. That's exactly. Or Italy. I guess Italian. Wait, where do you think you suppose like Louis Vuitton and Gucci get their stuff done?
1: I don't know. Probably Asia. Everybody gets their stuff in Asia. Yeah,
0: let's be honest. They just slap a nice European name on it, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. At any rate, what we're trying to say is that at the end of the day, um, consumer, consumer demand speaks so much in in north america if um anybody's around our age millennials we're probably late millennials um you likely remember or or are familiar with the idea of the triple p bottom line people profits planet this is something that's fairly new this is something that millennials and people our age and a little younger maybe a little bit older too probably have started to demand from companies we say that it's not good enough that you make money You need to think about people, your people, people around you, the people you affect in your supply chain, profits, obviously, and the planet. You can't just ravage the environment (laughs) to make money. And we put our dollars there, right? And that is what's causing real change. And I think that's valuable. We can't, on one hand, complain that money rules the world. And then demand companies, you know, you know, it's like we, we're demanding the companies before they get our money, do these things. You can't, on the other hand, then say, well, we shouldn't let money dictate things because you're using your money to dictate things. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of a lot. And um, I I honestly think it is the best way to get things done. Sure. It may take a little bit longer. Sometimes you just want to say, you just want to legislate and say, well, this is right. I know it is, but unless other people, you can't just legislate what's right and what's wrong or what's, you know, socially right and so strong, and environmentally right or environmentally wrong because people won't. It's just going to be, it's not going to stick. You know?
0: That's exactly it. It's true.
1: You agree with me, Maddie?
0: Yeah. I don't know that I hmm, struggle with that planet part of the triple P.
1: No? You don't care about the planet?
0: Okay. I didn't say that like, I don't care about the planet. My point is, is, is it practical?
1: Yes. You're over the planet. You think it's dumb.
0: Kate, no, I don't think the planet is dumb, but I'm saying, like, here's the thing, man. You know, I was listening to, to Elon Musk. For those of you who don't know, Elon Musk is a really strong believer in uh, clean energy and and real strong idea on, like, electric energy and using the sun and all that sort of stuff. But the fact is, is, okay, you put all the energy into the sun. You put everyone in an electric car instead of gas. And it's like, what do you do with all those people who work in the oil industry? What do you do with all those people who work in, like, the coal industry? Now, I'm not saying those those dirty sources of energy are good for the planet. I'm saying, what do you do? How do you fix that that economic force that is our, like, energy department? How are these people going to afford Teslas when they ain't got no jobs?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I would say there's a technological solution to that and we'll get new jobs in different sectors, you know, know. that's what we've always done. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, you know, we didn't, when we got rid of horses, we figured out how to handle the fact that we don't need nearly as many blacksmiths or stable boys. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But we probably have more people working in automobile factories than we do ever as blacksmiths and stable. What the heck is a stable boy?
1: I don't know, someone who takes care of all the horses. Think about it, horses with the primary mode of transportation.
0: Yeah, we changed that to valets, you know? Go get a valet service.
1: Yeah, that's like... That's your stable
0: crazy. boy. He takes your car down to the garage, parks it nicely, give him a little tip so he doesn't is scratch not, it. Is not Done.
1: Stable it's like,
0: boys of the 21st century. Valets. It was
1: a huge... Um, no, like, there were... I think somebody said, like, 300,000 horses in New York City. At the could
0: you imagine how much like horse poop would have been in the streets?
1: Yeah, exactly. They had to have the poop, people first poop around, people oh, who prepare the horses, um, people who shoot the horses, people who just house the horses, and they all had to find other things to do when horses fell out of favor and cars took over. Yeah, and but cars, problem-
0: you got people who build them, you got people who. I don't know fuel your car Yeah, exactly there's the right other jobs. you know you, you used to plant it but I'm yeah. saying what are you gonna do when it's just a big old solar panel soaking up all the juice for the electricity in your house
1: well maybe you find people who are mining the rare earth minerals that make the solar panels who are building the infrastructure we need like the high voltage high efficient power lines to take um, electricity from you know good renewable sources to distant places where there are no good renewable resources. That's
0: a good point. That's good. See, <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not bashing on the planet. I'm not saying I'm anti-planet. I I want to live on this planet. I I mean, I kind of want to move to Mars, but
1: no option to live, but to live on this planet, I suppose right now. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: true. It's true. I got to make, I got to make do right now. But the fact is, I just don't know that it's always feasible, but, but let's go back to this. Okay. People, planet profits. In any business, even these people who came up with this fancy triple P, which one do you think is the most important, Derek?
1: Profits. But I think what's important is that the consumer is considering these things more. More consumers. Obviously not, you know, maybe not the majority of consumers, but it's something that people need to consider when making decisions. And, and, you know, your favorite company who you think is doing things ethically or is doing the best they can to be um, socially or environmentally conscious, They are doing that and framing it as because they're a good company and they just want to be good, and that may be true to an extent. The fact is it's significant and it's something they're highlighting because it is good for their bottom line for you to think that.
0: Darn right.
1: (laughs) And that's a good thing, though. It's just the way of the world. That's great. I can take my dollar and I can go somewhere else, so they have to be better, and that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. I guess I agree with you there.
1: Exactly, and that's the thing. You know, um, you have democratic ability with your dollar. You can make a choice and choose a better company, um, one that's more socially conscious, and and that means that you can force societal barometer in in the right direction, if you will. Do you know what I mean?
0: Ah, uh, snap! You guys see how we brought that all the way back to the beginning? Democratic that's responsibility.
1: That's how we do. <laughs>
0: Boom, you're
1: welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. Anyways, um, well yeah, that's why I think finance and finance years are not the bad guys. If you disagree, and I think I might have some, you know, detractors, and that's okay. Let me know. We'll read out your responses next week if you want. Um, talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Talk to number two me podcast at gmail.com. What's our Twitter Twitter handle, Maddie?
0: Dude, uh Talk to Me podcast with the number two.
1: Uh Talk to me podcast with the number two. Um, or just comment on our
0: Dude, video. hit up our Facebook page, send us a message on there. Um we'll to you know, I'm gonna and try and that. get on the I'm gonna get on the gram, I think, T. I don't know what I'm gonna take photos of, but I'm gonna get on the gram.
1: Love oh, it. Just take photos of life and stuff. That's cool. Then get on the gram.
0: I'm gonna take a photo of a ten dollar bill, you know? We're talking <laughs> money now.
1: You could choose any bill. Any bill. You chose 10. That's it. Well, I
0: mean, let's not go too big. It's not like I'm rolling with 50s and 100s in my pocket, you know?
1: Right, totally.
0: $10 a student, it's reasonable.
1: Well, maybe you go to the bank and just ask him, let he hold a $100 bill. Maybe they'd let you (laughs) home.
0: Hey, can I take this out and deposit it right back into my account? That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I just need a photo of it. But, yeah, you know, here's the thing, people. We want you to be more financially conscious. We want – I mean, I want myself to be more financially conscious. Um, We want you guys to make smart decisions, not just decisions that look into the immediate or short term. Um, We want you guys to be thinking long term. We want you to realize why, you know, the rich keep getting richer because they're thinking long term, not just about, you know – how to spend this paycheck. You know, Mm -hmm. they're looking at the paychecks that are 10 years down the road still. And, uh, you know, fun story for you folks. I'm living with this kind, wonderful family. And, uh, yeah, last night I got talking with one of their grandchildren, just 10 years old. And, and, uh, you know, she was clearing the table and got talking a little bit. And, um, her grandma said to her or said to me she said matt give her a tip and i thought she meant a financial like, give her some money for <laughs> clearing the table And yep. so i was like what well, I, I thought to myself well i got a couple of loonies downstairs ten dollar or ten-year-old kid he'd probably be satisfied with two dollars so i was like i got money downstairs and she's like no, no no i don't mean actual money or an actual tip she's like just give her a tip in life and so You know, they were joking around with, you know, other silly little ones. And I waited until she cleared the whole table. And then I sat her down and said, you know, at Christmas or at your next birthday, tell your grandma to go buy you some high yield. And we'll get into the world yield later. But high yield bond or stocks that are going to pay you dividends and that are going to slowly grow over the next eight years. So when you're 18 and you want to go traveling go to college whatever it might be you can draw that out you can claim the you know deal with the capital gain when it gets to your tax return but just the fact that you can pull that money out and you're going to have potentially you know a nice little equity uh portfolio that you're going to then be able to use for you know kind of life decisions and i think at the end of the day that's what we want you know you guys to hear is that we're we're all about setting up for the future. We're not we're not talking about the immediate and, and some of you guys, I mean, heck, I'm I'm with those people who are like just concerned about this Friday's paycheck because that's what's gonna help pay the bills for, for this month. But if there's any scratch left over, you know, you got a little bread in your pockets, you gotta put that away. You gotta start you gotta start looking towards, you know, days that are down the road, not just, you know, the ones that are right in front of you. And so, you know, I hope you guys enjoy this and I hope you guys stick with us and, and uh, you know, grab a pen and paper every once in a while and, and jot down some of these notes. Not saying that we're experts, but, you know, we're, we're just two guys trying to make it in this and trying to exactly. help you guys make it too. And just trying to bridge that gap, you
1: know, it's not right. unaccessible. These people are not smarter than you, I'm telling you right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly planet, it.
1: I'm not smarter than you are. They just
0: ask the questions. That's all it is.
1: They just happen to know a little bit about this thing. You can certainly understand it. It is not outside your, your, your grasp for sure. Yeah. Cool. Matty, we got time cool. for uh, stock talk quick uh, indicator update.
0: Hang on. Can we just point to people how cool it is that we have a segment that rhymes called stock talk. <laughs> I think that's a great way to kick it off. I want you guys to know that we're just going to break down a few little things in the market trends. Yeah, maybe you'd be like, okay, this is the part where I turn it off every week. But eventually, my goal is, and my hope is that you're going to listen to this and you're going to be like, dang, T- Tarek's dropping some knowledge that I need to pick up on for my portfolio. I need to call my broker tomorrow and get him to buy whatever Tarek's <laughs> telling me. Well,
1: maybe okay, we won't quite problem. get that
0: far. Yeah. Anyways, so. I was just going to say, we hope that you guys would listen to this and, uh, you know, enjoy any, enjoy any stock talk, any trends, any, uh, I don't know. I'll let Tarek take it over. Cause I'm just rambling at this point.
1: <laughs> or is still there, Maddie? Yep. we're just talking economic. Well, that sounds maybe, I don't know what that means mm-hmm. to you, but economic indicators to me. Can you hear me? Yep. Um, what I'm going to talk about is just something that points to what the future may hold. That people have said, you know what, maybe this is saying something more than than what we think it is, right? Um, now, I've talked to you a little bit about this, Maddie. This indicator is one that I think is important um, because everybody's always wondering, when is the next recession? Now, you know, everybody remembers 2008 when things just really hit the fan. If you're living in Alberta, where Maddie and I met, Um, Remember 2015 when oil prices went to $20 a barrel and things really hit the fan? These are recessions. Now, there's certain things people look back at and say, well, you know, we'd have seen this indicator, we would have been able to predict this recession. One, that people find very, very, very accurate, that has been very accurate since an economist first wrote about it in the 80s, Um, that you can pull out at a dinner party and impress all your friends with your knowledge of It, um, the difference between short-term the, co- the, the price of short-term debt and the price of long-term debt so what I mean by that is you know governments borrow money particularly the US government because they're so big their economy is the biggest in the world their capital markets are the biggest in the world so we look at what the US Re- the, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department what they borrow debt from what, what they pay for debt Uh, their their costs, right? So if the U.S. government is borrowing money in one-year term for more expensive than they are in their 10-year term, then we have concerns. So what I mean by that, if it costs the U.S. government 1% to borrow money for one year and it costs the U.S. government half a percent to borrow money over 10 years, that's bad. Um, Now, the example we talked about before the show, Maddie, was... You know, if I'm lending money out to friends and I have a friend who needs, let's say both friends need $10, if I lend out money to one friend for 10 years and I lend out money to $10 for another friend for another 10 years or for one year, sorry, the friend that's borrowing for 10 years, I should charge him more for that money because my money's tied up for longer. And that's why it's so weird when all of a sudden the government's borrowing money and it's 10 year money is coming in at a lower interest rate than one year money. And that's how we know things are going wrong now currently um you know what maddie i'll let you i'll let you comment on that
0: yeah i think that it gets to a scary point i mean what people have to understand and any one of you guys that's listening you know if you've ever for instance gotten a mortgage mortgage is always a great example too with a mortgage your interest rate is always going to be higher Oh, maybe it's not higher actually. Maybe I'm just for the most part.
1: It goes up the longer of a term you have. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, if you're gonna borrow money from a bank for twenty five years, or if you're gonna borrow bank money from a bank for ten years, guess what? They're gonna charge you more for that twenty five years because they're not getting their cheddar back till the end. Exactly. (laughs) And they're gonna say, "Hey, look, the price of doing business. You want my time? You gotta pay my terms." And so, Mm -hmm. the fact is, is that. When the government, who's dealing with way bigger amounts than you and I could ever fathom, there are probably a handful of people on this earth that can grasp this. When they are getting better terms on long-term debt than they are on short-term debt, we got problems. Exactly. And, you know, people need to recognize these trends, and we're not expecting you guys to be flipping through the pages to check what you know, Treasury bills and. And what you know government capital funding is going for uh interest-wise but it is something to keep an eye on
1: it is and and i mean um you know it's one of those things where it's 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 an indicator that it's, it's very popular you know and and we've seen a lot of compression if you want to call it that over the last few over the last year really where All of a sudden, the cost of borrowing money for the government in one year versus 10 years is getting very close. It's getting much closer. It's still not that close yet. It still hasn't gone opposite, right, where it's more expensive to borrow for one year than it is for 10 years.
0: All right, Terry. But how do we fix this?
1: Well, man, it's a, you know, that's a tough one, right? Because it's more about supply and demand. It's just a a back of the market. So, if demand goes down for the long-term debt that the government's issuing, then the the price goes down. And if demand goes up for short-term debt, the government's issuing, the price goes up. And so um, really, one of those things where it's, uh, that's what the market dictates and that's what the market gets. You know, there's nothing that can be done. Mm -hmm. What I think will be really interesting is uh, looking back in a year or two and seeing when the next recession does come, because I mean, it likely will come and see if this indicator actually does lead up lead up to it, you know, if it actually still is predictive. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's actually kind of funny you actually brought this whole subject up because I'm currently taking a corporate finance class, and my teacher is convinced that the next recession is coming sooner than later as well.
1: Is that right? Did he say why?
0: Uh, we haven't really gotten into it. I think he plans on, like, explaining it a little bit later on in the course material with with using kind of some of the lessons that we're and the material that we're going to be covering and using that as kind of the practical example. So I'll be curious to see if he uses a similar, um, you know, similar point of view or if he has a completely different take as to why, you know, a recession could be hitting us. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that you kind of brought this up.
1: Yeah. I mean, you no, know, to be fair, you could come up with a different indicator every day of the week.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know,
1: you've got like these formal like bond yields and sales and, Purchases and stuff like that, but then you've got wild stuff too. Like, well, I think we were talking about this before, Maddie. There's like there's an economist who once was tracking underwear sales because he thought, you know, if consumers are buying underwear, they're optimistic, and if they're not buying underwear, they're not optimistic. <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah, everybody's got their own shtick, I guess. So. Oh man.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyways, that's stock talk for the week, and we'll uh keep going on that segment, seeing how it goes. Let us know what you guys think. Um, our contact info is still the same for our diehard fans, but for the new 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 fans, it's uh talk to me podcast at gmail.com. That's talk to me with the the number two at talk to me podcast on Twitter. Is that right? At talk to me podcast or just at talk to me with T and Maddie B?
0: No, I'm pretty sure it's at talk to me podcast. Um yeah. and I'm gonna try and get an Instagram account going here, guys. I don't really know what I'm gonna take photos of uh outside of like my little podcast station and I don't know, maybe I'll throw up some some photos I found on Google of different subjects we're going to discuss, but I'd really like to get interactive with you people and uh, get your guys' thoughts. We we want this more of an interaction than just, you know, us talking every week and whether or not you're listening, you know?
1: And if you have any ideas of um, anything you want us to talk about or discuss, you know, let us know. We are also on Facebook at Talk Me Podcast there as well. So yeah, that'd be great.
0: Yeah, hit us up.
1: All right, team. Good chatting with you guys. We'll catch you next week.
0: Yeah, peace out.